And that's exactly where you are today. Welcome to the show, everybody. Small Biz Matters on Triple H 100.1 FM. My name is Alexi Boyd and I'm proud to be with you here in my fourth year. Actually, no, no, no. Wait, it's been four years. So this is actually my fifth year here on Triple H. Super excited and would like to thank social media for reminding me about that that little milestone. Um, so thank you very much to my long-term listeners. I know there's quite a few of you out there. You make regular requests on our Facebook page as to what it is that you would like to hear more about. And today's program is a bit of a wrap-up. We're going to talk about the last few uh, weeks and the guests that we've had on the show because it has been an absolutely fantastic guest fest. And I just thought any of you who have missed any of the programs might be interested to find out a little bit more about the sort of guests we have on the show and a little bit about the small business education we like to impart. Somebody uh, mentioned uh, the other night while I was at a networking event that I should reiterate the reason why we started this program in the first place. And Small Biz Matters actually came about because there was no voice for small business in Hornsby. Four years ago when I started my business and had a little launch and had some local politicians come and speak and I did a presentation, uh, there was no Chamber of Commerce to invite. There was nobody to send out the email to and say, hey, there's a free networking event coming on. Uh, why don't you all come along and do some free networking? So I thought, well, you know, in typical style, if there's anything you want done, if you want it done properly, do it yourself. So I started up the program and was invited by the then station manager, Philippa Bird, to come along and start the show. And it started with the Breakfast Boys, uh, my lovely uh, Jake and Callum, who were fantastic uh, co-hosts. It kept it very conversational and made it quite fun and friendly and gave it a slight twist on on what it is to have the young perspective in small business, maybe even as employees or, or apprentices working in businesses. And then we moved on to having our own program and had a variety of other co-hosts as well. And here we are four years down the track with a huge swathe of fantastic guests and um, a real legacy behind us. So I'd like to thank Triple H 100.1 FM for this wonderful opportunity that I've had for the last four years. It sounds like I'm going out. I'm not. This isn't a final speech or anything. I just wanted to celebrate the fact that we've been around for quite a while and we've given so much knowledge um, and information out to the small business community. Now, since then, of course, small business is, is becoming... Um, more lively and being resuscitated by the very fabulous people at the Hornsby Chamber of Commerce. Um, uh, many of you will know I'm on the committee and I'm, I'm a big fan of, of improving uh, communication between businesses, advocacy for small business, and that's exactly what our Chamber of Commerce is all about. So a quick plug for the Chamber as well. Those of you who are listening and, and live locally would like to become part of something that is more than just networking, but actually uh, a voice for the businesses around the area. Think about joining the Chamber. It's only $99 including GST. And that means that you get discounted rates, you get access to advertising your business on the website. Plus you can uh, host events, um, you can be speakers at events and all that sort of thing. We don't have any exclusivity when it comes to the type of businesses that we want. Really, it's about the numbers. It's about speaking for as many businesses as we possibly can. And having said that, we have on a number of occasions in the last few years spoken for businesses who are not actually members. We've had um, with the, the chamber behind us, we've had uh, parking signs put in for, for those who have needed um, restricted parking zones. For example, we've spoken for businesses who have had issues with the council in re regards to their outdoor seating, um, uh, traffic management as well, as well as putting it to the council that we urgently need more economic development support. Now, that may not necessarily come in the form of an actual person who is in that role, but just perhaps putting it on the agenda, making it a little bit more important um, because there are 50 15,000 businesses registered in Hornsby. So my regular listeners will know I'm very passionate about that, passionate about advocacy and, and making a difference, uh, particularly for those who are voiceless when it comes to 
bigger decisions that happen in a local community which absolutely directly affect them. So once again, if you're interested in becoming a member, just join up via the website at the Hornsby Chamber of Commerce. You can just Google it and uh, very easy to join up. So let's have a think about what's been happening in the last few weeks here on Small Beers. We have had an absolute conglomeration and um, uh, just a multinational just a massive group, I don't know how to put it in, a soiree, a, a flock, a flock of fantastic guests over the last few weeks. So I just thought I'd go over what some of the things that we were considering. Now, last week we had um, uh, Tim Hoopman, who is a representative of Beyond Blue. He speaks frequently on men's mental health issues, having been a small business owner himself, having gone through the highs and the lows of running a small business, and also understanding it from a corporate perspective as well. He now speaks on behalf of Beyond Blue and is um, is a volunteer with them. So really it was all about consideration of your mental health and of course that of your team that you work around with you. Now that team might be family members. As a small business, we quite often work with family, but it also might be apprentices or other um other people who work with you in the capacity as an employee. And we talked about um, making sure that you look after yourself first and foremost. Keeping your business organised obviously allays the pressure. Making you feel as though you're in control of your processes and procedures is another way of feeling as though you know what's coming up, you know what's coming next, you feel more organised, more efficient with your time and that means that your stress is somewhat alleviated so you don't quite literally take it out on those around you and uh, they feel less under pressure. So some of the tactics that um, that Tim suggested was, you know, understanding, um, you know, really what it means to be running a business as the head of a business. So consider yourself to be what you are, which is uh, managing other people and looking after other people. And when you perhaps sit down with them and have their regular chat, you'll often ask them the question. And he, he did actually suggest this should be a must. You must sit down with your employees, say once a month, and ask them a very direct question, which is, how do you feel? Not how your KPI is doing, how many targets did you meet, how many sales did you make, but how do you feel? And really getting to the bottom of, what is agitating them? What's making them happy? What can you do to make their job better? Because at the end of the day, keeping your employees feeling secure about what it is they're doing and feeling valued will mean that they you will retain them for longer, but not just necessarily hold on to, for them, to them for longer, but actually get more better work and, and better work ethic around them. And of course, good people breed good people. If you yourself can be a good person to your staff, then you, they will follow on and, and bring on, um, you know, more people will be encouraged to join the company, which makes which makes it a nice place to work, really. I mean, that's what we all really want when we were working in the, the evil corporate world. This is what we were looking for, so people and looking after other people. And when you perhaps sit down with them and have their regular chat, you'll often ask them the question. And he, he did actually suggest this should be a must. You must sit down with your employees, say, once a month and ask them a very direct question, which is, how do you feel? Not how your KPI is doing, how many targets did you meet, how many sales did you make, but how do you feel? And really getting to the bottom of what is agitating them, what's making them happy, what can you do to make their job better? Because at the end of the day, keeping your employees feeling secure about what it is they're doing and feeling valued will mean that they you will retain them for longer, but not just necessarily hold on to, for them, to them for longer, but actually get more better work and, and better work ethic around them. And of course, good people breed good people. If you yourself can be a good person to your staff, then 
you, they will follow on and, and bring on, um, you know, more people will be encouraged to join the company, which makes which makes it a nice place to work, really. I mean, that's what we all really want when we were working in the, the evil corporate world. This is what we were looking for. So, so you should be giving the same thing to your staff. So when it comes to improving processes, it was it was about creating a better environment. So um, valuing the valuing time that that leads away from you know trying new things all the time and flip flopping about. So we talked a little bit about new apps and implementing new technology in your business. Um, in particular, making sure you're not just drawn to the bright shiny things, which uh, Tim had a great expression for, which was stargazing, but in fact, um, actually trialing a, perhaps a new technology within a certain department and then rolling it out throughout the whole business. Not particularly realistic for people who have only got very small teams, but you could empower one of your staff members to say, look, I'd like to improve the processes of this. Why don't you go away and investigate what, what we could use as an option, different technologies, different apps, what can we implement in our business and actually give them some control over that. Um, sharing with your team your goals uh, and, and making them a part of your journey. Let them have goals that will ultimately make your business better and, and um, uh, more advanced um, and make them a part of that journey as well. Let them decide where they want to see their role going within the company. Do they want to move around? Do they want to improve on their role? Do they want to earn more money? Or are they quite happy just experiencing the role as it is and remaining where they are? And, and that might be fine for them too. So having that communication. Um, and then of course, when you're transitioning new uh processes and procedures or new apps, always communicating why you're doing this to them um, and making them part of the decision-making process. So actually go out and chat to them and say, look, I, I want to implement this. This is the change that we're expected it's going to make. This is the feedback I would like from you. Uh, I'd like you to be a finger on the pulse of how clients are feeling about this as well. And try and remember one of the underlying features of the conversation with Tim was actually make your clients part of your team as well. So your long-term clients, make them a valuable, a valued member of, of, of the journey and help them be a part of that role within your company. I don't think there's been a single time when I haven't spoken to one of my bookkeeping clients and said, uh, you know, what do you think about this? If I was to change this, what, what, what's your opinion? There's never been a negative um, feedback on that. They've always given me constructive criticism. So make them part of the journey as well. So really um, another couple of tips that Tim had was rather than increasing the number of clients that you have, try and be more efficient with the processes and procedures that you work. So uh, particularly understanding your cash flow, that's very, very important. And we had a bit of a chat about that from a bookkeeping perspective as well. Are there some... Uh, items on your balance sheet that you could spread out perhaps over a number of months rather than paying for them all at once. That way it'll um, spread out the, the cost and you haven't got these great big spikes in advertising, for example, or in insurance is another example where people can either pay on uh, annually or throughout the year. If you pay throughout the year, then that um, cost is spread out on that line item across the P&Ls throughout the year. Um, so have a chat to your bookkeeper accountant about ways that you can make your your cash flow uh, look more regular so you can have a better understanding of that. Then when you're looking at your seasonality of your businesses, when you've got increases in income or decreases or there's a particular season where you just don't have any work, then you can really analyse it and see what sort of an impact that has rather than having it affected by great big spikes in expenses as well. Um, and also what can you, what can Another thing we touched on was what small businesses can learn about the failures in the corporate world. So you've got, 
he explained that in, in the corporate world, there's very much a split system. You've got the high achievers, the people who are maybe the sales guys who are high-fiving each other and running around the office just woo and drinking lots. I don't know. I've just got Wolf of Wall Street in my head there for a second. But you've got those really high achievers who are, are the top guns and the, the real the top guys in, in, and I say guys, I don't know why, but I think maybe mentally that's, that's where my brain's going. And then you've got everybody else. And the problem is if you've got these high achievers and then people who don't necessarily contribute in terms of sales, but obviously are very valued within the business, then you can have a real disparity. And, and those people uh, who are not the woohoo guys can become quite insular and and not feeling so great at work. So it's important that you look after all of your staff from a small business perspective equally, not just those who are revenue raising, but actually the support staff as well so that they feel just as valued. Uh, And their targets might not necessarily be sales driven, but they're certainly just as important for the processes and the, you know, the, the, the way your business operates. So look, it was an absolutely fantastic uh, show that we had last week with Tim. And of course, if you want to learn more about what it is that Beyond Blue does to support small business, they've got a fantastic section of their website uh, called Business in Mind. So you can go to Beyond Blue um, e-learning section, Business in Mind. And there's, and there's some great... Um, uh, there's some great web uh, sort of resources there that you can use not only for yourself but also for your team and I believe that Tim has been involved in the development of some of those resources. So that was a great show, just a fantastic example of, of um, when it's important to consider your own mental health and that of your team um, in order to grow your business. Now the week before we had um, John Michalitzi on the show talking about uh, debt Um, the other side of the equation, not the happy, happy, um, keeping everybody happy, just nice things, but actually thinking about how debt impacts your business and uh, how consolidating your debt can be quite important and understanding what your debt position is. So one of um, John's strengths is as a debt analyzer. That's the wrong word. What am I trying to think? A debt debt financer, where he basically has a look at your debt as a business. Now, many of my listeners I know are working from home. They don't have the overheads that someone who is in retail perhaps might have or someone who has um, great big pieces of equipment that need to be purchased. However, I think everyone in some way, shape or form did go into debt to begin their business. And that's got to be factored in. You can't just say, oh, okay, well, I increased my mortgage by 50000 to inject the capital that I needed to start up my business. So that was a debt position that you began with. Now, where are you with that debt position? Have you paid some of it back? Um, did you just go, oh, well, that's just, I took money out of the coffers? Or what sort of debt have you got now? Have you got everyday uh, debt, which is just your running expenses and overheads that you run as a business? And what do they cost you? So just a really interesting exercise that was suggested during the program was to sit down and actually look at what are the costs of running your business uh, that happen irrespective of whether or not you bring any money in. So your overheads, essentially, your expenses that will happen even if you stop earning, which is entirely possible. And those of you who don't have it should be thinking about um, interruption or uh, any insurance related to the stoppage of work for your income protection, for example. So having a look at what it would cost you each month if you were not actually earning a cent. And obviously the big ones are your insurance, uh, your office rent, if it would need to continue, uh, any sort of professional memberships that you might have. 
the uh, software. I mean, I think all but we forget about those little amounts for Google Docs or Dropbox or all the other things, Hightail, that we use as part of our cloud solutions. And we're going to come to that a little bit later in the program. But those are ongoing costs and they do add up each month if you've got three or four of them. I was just speaking to a small business colleague of mine yesterday who mentioned, do you know what? I, I set up a whole lot of things like SurveyMonkey and MailChimp for clients and they're not using it anymore and I'm still paying for them. So it's actually quite a good exercise to sit down and look at your overheads. What is it that you're paying for irrespective of earning any money from those things? So not costs of sale, but actually expenses for you to run your business without um, earning any money from it. It's a good exercise to do because then you can sit down and say, right, well, this is how long it takes me to, uh, this, sorry, this is how much it costs me to run my business without any income coming in. Now think of your buffer. And you say, well, I've got about $10,000 put aside for a rainy day. How many months does that buy me? It's an interesting exercise and it's really important when you think about your debt uh, position because you not only need to think of your debt position right now, what is it, the debt that I might need to pay back from having started my business, but also what is the uh, debt position moving forward? What do I need to continue servicing in order to keep my business afloat if something untoward was to happen? Uh, it's a worth sitting down and doing it, guys. So pull out your p- profit and loss and have a look at all those line items that would be going ahead irrespective of income. So that was a really interesting exercise. <clears throat> and um, we also talked about the importance of working with independent uh, consultants and people who give you advice, mainly because if you're working with someone independently, then they're not being protected by those around them who are also giving similar advice. So for example, if you do go to a one-stop shop for your business services and business advice, very useful, I might add, very very convenient because it's all in one place and you don't have to stuff around with driving from one place to another. You can get it all done in the morning. However, what you've got to remember is that perhaps uh, those people who are giving you advice are not completely independent and they're not looking out for you. So they're looking out perhaps for the company that they're working within. So make sure that you're asking the right questions when you're engaging with someone like, for example, a mortgage broker, ask to see credentials. What's the experience and background? Do they understand the needs of small business? Or if you have particular needs in your area of small business, have they worked in your sector before? Ask about the ownership structure of where they work because obviously that's all being a bit muddied up by uh, what's going on with the Banking Royal Commission. We've known that the, the, the financial advisors and the small businesses have been under pressure as well with having to justify their actions. Um, you know, are they owned by an accounting firm? Are they financial planners or what is it that they do specifically and uh, how will they service your needs? And also, if you're not sure where to start, obviously ask perhaps your professional association or other small business colleagues that you have in the networking world because they can often give some really good um, good tips. I do tend to shy away from asking advice from people I know have uh, financial relationships with those that they refer. So quite often you'll find that some people might refer someone and they say, oh, look, I'll get 10% because I've referred so-and-so. I'm not interested in those referrals. I'm more interested in the real life. I have used this person and I enjoyed working with them and they they gave me the service that I required. So ask those questions. Um, And of course, if you're looking for someone who is a debt advisor, make sure that they uh, answer the right questions, you know, ask you the right questions to figure out your debt position. You know, what is it? What is your debt for? 
So you might have debt there, but you're not actually using it for anything, or perhaps it's not tailored for what it's required. And uh, is it for the right purpose? So you've got the debt sitting there. Are you actually using it for the for the most benefit? Is it is it generating income for you, or is it doing what it needs to do? Or maybe you just need to look at reconsolidating things. So that was another really great show here on Small Biz and that was with John Mikatlitsi and um, that was actually from two weeks ago. Now, just while I'm talking you through all of these fantastic programs we've had on the show, you can obviously catch up on our blogs and podcasts page uh, and they are available anytime on smallbizmatters.com.au. You can listen to the show, you can read the script. Um, there's lots uh, to see and do and lots of resources there. Let's take a quick break here on Triple H 100.1 FM. You're listening to Alexi Boyd on Small Biz Matters. I'll be back after this. Uh, so I'm just going, taking everyone through what we've been listening to in the last couple of weeks, which has been a fantastic group of guests, which continues for the next few weeks as well. But just while we've got a break in the guest fest, I'm telling everybody about what we've uh, learned in the last few weeks. Just before the break, I was telling everybody about Tim Hoopman, who represents Beyond Blue and has run a small business himself. He's very passionate about educating people in terms of mental health and helping run a healthy team. We did a great program last week and the week before that was John Michalitzi, who was talking all about um, understanding your debt, uh, perhaps with view to borrow more money or small business loan refinancing, but understanding your debt is very important as a business. Now, uh, back then, uh, the first of, no, it's not the first of May... That wasn't 1st of May, but um, uh, back a few weeks ago, we had Jeff Anderson from Sonic Site. Now, Jeff has been running a video production business for a good 15 or 20 years now, and he himself has had a fantastic uh, success working not with just with other small businesses, but obviously in the corporate world as well, but is very passionate about making sure that video marketing forms a part of of your marketing strategy. The reason for that, of course, is because these days search engine optimization does favor video uh, links and uh, video content. It's also a very great way of connecting with your listeners or the, those of you who are potential clients. If you're educating people and making a, that a part of your marketing strategy, you should do it with video content. You can now do it on LinkedIn. You can now do it on Facebook. You can do Facebook Live, which is a little bit scary because you can't obviously say, oh, I don't like that bit because <laughs> you're live on Facebook. But it's a great way of connecting directly with your customers and making yourself more human. It shows you out and about um, doing things, interesting parts of Sydney, perhaps meeting with interesting people. And I think it's a really fantastic way to get your uh, your face out there in a different in a different format. So video production is very important, um, but of course, like everything with uh, social media or with advertising, it can be done badly. So Jeff Anderson was able to give us some top tips on producing really good video content. So he gives us some do's and don'ts, um, particularly that audio is one of the most important things you can get right. Now, you can get relatively inexpensive lapel mics for about $100, well worth the investment if you are thinking about doing a number of videos, uh, particularly in a professional limelight. However, the um, the video production that you get on your typical iPhone or, or Android is actually sufficient in terms of um, your uh, your visuals. So the audio is very important. You might want to beef that up a bit, but the, the visuals is fine to do with the phone. But, <laughs> this is a big but, please remember not to shoot in portrait. Do not shoot in portrait. Always flip the camera sideways and don't do it midway through the video because that doesn't work either. <laughs> so um, thinking about when you should be investing in the right equipment or maybe when you should be investing in uh, a person or a company to help you with your video production, that's important, an important business decision and it's important that you get it right. So as with everything, if you're engaging with the right people, make sure you do your research, get some good 
uh, testimonials from other people they've worked with. Have a look and see if their videos will suit the style that you're looking for when you're trying to engage with your potential audience. And of course, like anything, if you're going to throw money at it, use it properly. Jeff explained that so many times he's seen people, you know, pay a lot of money for really fantastic videos and they're buried about five or six pages down into their website, which is completely pointless. So you need to make sure that whatever it is that you're producing, that you're using it effectively and also monitoring its effectiveness as well. Like everything, you should be having a look at the number of hits, uh, how long people are listening to it, what sort of people are listening to it and if it's getting really good traction, do another one. So uh, he shared some of the um, types of video content that should be used. So uh, having a look at the diagnostics, um, uh, make sure that it's a link in your email signature because, again, if you're going to throw all that money in something as expensive as a video, make sure that you include it in your email signature so people can click on it and have a listen about what your expertise is. And he also shared with us some examples of when businesses had really leveraged videos to promote in their business in a really different way. So like everything, you need to stand out from the crowd. Video is becoming more and more um, used across the small business spectrum and maybe in your industry in particular. So what is it that you can do to really connect with people and get them to listen beyond the first five seconds? And that first five seconds is so important. You need to engage with them to encourage them to listen to longer than five seconds because as we all know, attention spans are depleting. So to find out more about what Jeff does, you can go to sonicsite.com.au. Now, the last one I want to take everyone through today was a really fantastic guest, uh, Gunnar Habitz, who is an expert from Keep It Safe on cybersecurity. This became quite a relevant topic for me as a small business owner and a bookkeeper because of the new legislation that's come out that said if, for example, anybody involved with the financial services has a breach and that can be in the form of a ransomware attack or perhaps knowing that some of your files have been um, accessed by unauthorised people. It could even be someone who's one of your staff members who you know has been fishing about, that we actually need to inform um, the proper authorities to let them know that there has been a breach and that's part of our code of conduct and perhaps some of you out there might want to go back to your professional association and just double check that you don't have to adhere to that compulsory reporting mechanism that it's just come into play for some uh, sectors of, uh, of the economy. So he was talking a lot about understanding the importance of data storage and backups. And I think one of the main takeaways I got from this program was the fact that just because your, your stuff, your data, all that information, your files is in the cloud doesn't necessarily mean that it's being backed up. Um, so one of the top tips was to try and consolidate all of your cloud-based data into one place. So that might be either Google Drive or Dropbox or OneDrive or is that it? Is there more? I'm sure there's more. There's lots of different places you can be storing stuff and try and uh, conglomerate that into one place. One of the things I find uh, working with clients is they will demand of me that I need to communicate with them or hold their data in a certain place. Um, and I'm quite careful and cautious about what new apps or software that I use to share data with them. The reason for that is because I don't want everything to be spread out in so many different places and I in turn will start sharing 
um, or storing information relating to that client in that space. So for example, I had a new client who came along and said, everything's in OneDrive. And I said, well, I, I'm sorry, I don't work in OneDrive. So we're either going to have to communicate with what I, I give you through another medium or you're going to have to look for another bookkeeper. And the reason for that is because I didn't want to start working across a different platform that I wasn't familiar with, I didn't trust, and I didn't know where that was being backed up. It's also part of um, quite often with those in the financial services that you need to let your clients know where their data is being stored. And if I'm not familiar with a particular company, I don't necessarily know where their data is stored. I don't know where it's where it's going to live in the cloud. So I don't know if it's in a cave in Saudi Arabia or in a top office block of a place in San Francisco. I don't know. I don't know where it is. So um, it's important to know where that data is stored. And just because data is available to you does not mean it's being backed up. So in some cases, you might want to look at the terms and conditions of, say, Google Drive or OneDrive. What is it that you're paying for? Because quite often you're just hold, you've just got everything in a holding pattern. Nothing's actually being backed up. And if you are really relying on this data storage, which so many of us do unwittingly as small businesses, you need to know that it's being backed up. There is the big uh, three, two, one concept as well when it comes to cybersecurity and backing up your data and that's uh, backing up three times in two different places for no one two no I can't remember what it is <laughs> you got to listen to the show I can't remember what it is it's a three two one or a one two three um, but it's really important because uh, now I'm going to say it's really important and I'm not going to remember what, what it was that we were we were talking about but it's definitely three different ways of backing up. yeah that's it three different ways of backing up two different places and one off-site, that was it. So you've got to make sure that, say, for example, you're a small business owner and you go, yeah, 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 everything's on my computer. Well, that's awesome because if something happens to your computer, you're kind of stuffed. So you want to make sure that you've got two devices that are, um, that are backing up, perhaps uh, two terabyte drives to keep it quite simple, that you're backing up really regularly. Weekly is probably very sensible if you can cope with losing a week's worth of work. That's what you have to ask yourself. How far back can I cope with losing all that work? And then keeping one of those drives off-site, either at a friend's house or your parent's house or your brother's house or something like that. So it's very important that you are aware that, that just having data storage in the cloud does not mean it's being backed up. And uh, if you're relying entirely on that system for your business, then that's a little bit crazy. The other thing to be aware of, of course, is cybersecurity. And uh, we had some top tips with Gunnar about what not to do. Some of them are pretty obvious. Don't click on um, links if you're not sure what they are. But having said that, you know, there's, there's, there's certain things that are looking more and more clever, like ASIC. Those ASIC notifications are looking very, very clear and, and crystal clear that they are from ASIC when they're not. Uh, another example would be those Origin Energy bills. They're getting smarter. And a couple of little devices that you can do to check if something is legitimate is to hover your mouse over the email address that it's been sent from. And if it looks like gobbledygook, obviously it's not a legitimate email address. Having said that, though, someone did recently send some stuff out from what was thought to be ASIC, and when you hover over that, it said uh, ASIC at australiangovernment.co. Now, you may not necessarily, if they've bought that domain, that looks fairly legitimate to anyone who is not completely in the know as to what the ASIC website is. So you've got to put some spot checks in place and just don't, if you're not sure about it, don't click on the link at all because um, it could be a ransomware attack. And for those of you who are not familiar what happens, what uh, it, it can infiltrate all of your files and that does not necessarily just mean what's on your computer because uh, I've had family members who have had their Dropbox infiltrated 
which has meant that all of the files have been encrypted in Dropbox. They can still see that they're all there, but the ransomware attacker said, look, you've got to give us $700, otherwise we're not going to release that um, data. We're not going to unencrypt your your um, your files. So you really need to bear that in mind because how much you're willing to lose for the sake of one click, just be very, very careful. So uh, some really fantastic tips there from Keep It Safe as well. So as you can see on Small Biz Matters, it's really about bringing you really fantastic information and helping you grow your knowledge on your small business across a huge variety of subjects. And of course, if you yourself have anything you'd like to share as an expert in your field with our listeners, get in touch. Uh, you can get in touch via the smallbizmatters.com.au website or of course um, you can contact us here at Triple H 100.1 FM and we would love to have you on the program, particularly if you are local. As a thank you for coming on the show, you of course get a podcast that you can share with your um, immediate business associates and uh, we'd be thrilled to have you on the program. So thanks for listening for everyone for the last four years. It's been absolutely fantastic. We're looking forward to bringing you a whole conglomeration uh, a soiree of guests over the coming weeks. Um, we've got some really fantastic ones lined up, so keep listening here to Small Biz Matters. My name is Alexi Boyd, and I will see you all next week. <laughs>